Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Watch. If you want to be wealthy, but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here, we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up level begins. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the pod. I have an incredible guest here for you today. You're going to absolutely love her. Kelly Roach is one of the only female founders in the online space to build her company from zero to eight figures with no debt, investors, or outside funding. Kelly is a former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure-plus entrepreneur, empowering thousands around the globe to achieve financial and lifestyle freedom through entrepreneurship. Kelly is an 11 times international best-selling author, top 20 podcast host, and philanthropist who has been featured in major media such as ABC, NBC, Fox, and Forbes, as well as the recipient of prestigious awards such as the number 287 on the Inc. 5000 list, the Stevie Awards Woman of the Year, Titan CEO of the Year, and Inc.'s Best in Business. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so good to have you. So I was telling telling you before we hit record that actually it's really this full circle moment when we started, like when I started building this business, I remember somebody sent me a, you know, a, a friend of mine in the industry sent me your live launch model and really started doing like multi-day masterclasses, you know, these mm-hmm. kind of eight, nine day live launches. And so for, I know that this is one of the big things that you've been focused on for a number of years mm-hmm. and what you're really known for. For those of you who, for those, you know, listeners who don't know what the live launch model is, can you just break it down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, when I was building my business initially, I had started learning all of the, you know, traditional models that are taught in the online space webinars and, you know, the traditional launch model and, you know, all these things. And I kept trying them and trying them and I was having horrible results and I was sometimes even losing money on my launches. And uh, ultimately, what I realized for me, and it's not necessarily true for everyone, but for me, I needed an approach to launching where I could could just be zero barrier, live with my people, not reading a script, not having a formal camera crew, not having a slide deck where it was just about sharing my heart, teaching, serving people, and then extending an invitation that the right people would say yes to. And when I removed all the barriers of everything that I had learned and everything that I was being taught and all these other models and just really simplified it down to like allowing people to actually understand what I could do to help them and really just strip it down to focusing on being present, giving value, and then extending a powerful invitation, my business just exploded. And I never wanted to teach launching and I really had no interest in being in the launch space at all whatsoever because there's just so much stuff about that that wasn't exciting to me. Um, But when I saw the results that I was getting and I had already been a business growth strategist, I had been doing business growth strategy for a decade already in Fortune 500. I was like, I have to teach this. Like, this is the fastest, easiest way my clients are going to succeed. So we've helped, you know, over 75 people build million and multi-million dollar companies. Our clients are on the Inc. 5000 list. We're helping people scale from seven to eight figures. Um, so it's just been like a wild, crazy ride. And, you know, sometimes uh, your your biggest failure and your biggest struggle turns into the thing that is the catalyst for, for your most amount of success. And that's kind of how the live launch came about for me. 
So fun. And so when you first started, you know, running this, this model, like the multi-day, is it, it's a nine day live Yeah. So we, we teach all different models depending on the price point of the offer, right? So if you're selling a super high ticket offer, like we, like we specialize in high ticket. And so most of our clients are running programs that are like between 20 and $50,000. However, with their lower ticket products, we basically just, you know, flex the model to be a shorter, you know, cycle. So it might be a half day workshop. It might be a five day workshop when it's something like a mid ticket or like, you know, an entry level product, but you know, psychology, you know, it it, kind of states that like someone needs eight to 10 hours to make, you know, that cognitive decision that they feel that their needs have been met and that they understand you and that they are, you know, in a kind of place to, to be able to make that discerning decision. So all the live launch is doing is really shortening the no like and trust process so that people can move from maybe someone who just found out about you to someone that's ready to buy from you even in a high ticket capacity in nine days. Mm. What do you think most entrepreneurs miss when they're running that model, right? Like if it, if you takes to take someone from they don't even know you at all to they they like you yeah. enough to buy, like what's the what are some of the missing? Yeah, things? I mean, there's a lot, right? I, I think that the first thing is is that I think that there's a delicate balance between teaching and serving and giving you know information and education that helps people but you have to contextualize that right because information without implementation doesn't create transformation right so it's when you're delivering a launch of any kind it doesn't matter if you're following my method or someone else's method there has to be this this balance and this relationship between yes you're teaching you're serving you're giving value but then you're actually demonstrating application implementation and then probably the most important piece of it is the mindset awareness shift of someone moving from the attachment to what happened in the past the attachment to what they're going to create in the future future. And so it's part mindset, it's part information and education, and it's part application and implementation. And I think if you get that balance of those three things right, you have someone that comes in, their awareness shifts, their beliefs change, they now understand what they need to do differently and why they need to do it differently, and they understand how to do it, right? And and a lot of what's taught in online marketing is like, oh, like, teach them the what, don't teach them the how, like, blah, blah, it's so ridiculous. Um, I don't believe in any of that I think that you should just serve and I think if your intent is to give your best and to show up and be fully present and basically what I what I teach in the live launch is your free live launch should be as valuable as the last three things that someone paid for that's my perspective because when you're doing a launch it's not just about the sales that you're getting from that launch it's about the brand that you're building and it's about the footprint that you're leaving and the legacy that you're creating and i think if you can have that long-range vision with everything that you're doing the sales will take care of themselves the sales will become easy because it's a byproduct of your intent it's a byproduct of what you're showing up and delivering Mm. can you i I just want to double click on something you said there around shifting the mindset of the person coming in. So like the, their detachment or detaching them from what happened in the past yeah. versus where they're heading. Can you share yeah. a little bit like a specific example yeah. of what means? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's with anything, right? So like I'm in the business space. So let me use an example with weight loss, right? Let's use something that's completely not related to my work, right? 
when you think about, okay, let's say if you're someone, you're bringing a new methodology forward that your clients are getting these unbelievable results and you're doing a live launch to sell people into this new weight loss program that you're doing that is a different approach, whatever, whatever. We know that, you know, on average, uh, people will spend between 20 and 40 years struggling with their weight, which means that this person that's sitting in your launch, chances are they've tried things for 10, 20, even 30 years that haven't worked prior to sitting in your launch. So they're skeptical. They're exhausted. They now have left, they've lost self-confidence because they're like, is it me? Am I broken? Why isn't this working for me? I've tried everything. So they're, they're coming to you in a deficit already. The whole reason someone's coming to you is because they're in a deficit. They've tried on their own already. They haven't gotten to where they want to be. And so their present state of mind is in that failure. It's not that they all think that they're a failure. It's not, I'm not saying people are coming to you with a negative mindset. I'm saying when someone is seeking to grow and they're going to someone else for help, they're going to you for help because you're demonstrating an outcome that they haven't yet been able to achieve. So mm -hmm. their default state is they have a whole lot more experience and a whole lot more resonance and a whole lot more emotional presence to that failure than they do to this magical fairyland of what you're telling them is on the other side of your program. So you have to work on the belief system anytime you're trying to move someone to a buying decision because you're not starting from zero. You're starting from negative a thousand. You're starting from, I tried this and it failed. And then I tried this and it failed. And then I tried this and it failed. And then I spent money on this and it didn't work out. And then I worked with this person and it didn't work out. So you're not starting from zero. You're not starting from a neutral position. You're starting from a negative position. So the first thing is, is this person has to believe number one, that there's something that they haven't tried yet, right? They have mm -hmm. to believe that there's something they haven't tried yet. So you have to break that belief of I've tried everything. Have you really tried everything? Number one. Number two, they have to believe that your methodology that you're sharing with them, whatever it is, I don't care whether you're talking about relationships, you're talking about health, you're talking about wellness, you're talking about money, career, business, whatever it is, they have to believe that your methodology can in fact work for them in the situation and circumstances that they're in. So when we talk about establishing belief, you have to give those proactive caveats of, you know, at, like when I'm teaching, I always say, you know, obviously for me, like I started my business while I was working full time. So I only had, you know, two to three hours a day to build my business, right? Because I know a lot of people sitting on the other screen from me, my audience are mostly females that have young children at home. They're very busy. They're running companies. They're leading their family. They're running their kids to sports every night. They're not working 10 hours a day in their business, right? Because they have all these other things to carry. So you have to shift people's beliefs by helping them almost like have a new frame, a new frame that they're thinking about what you're saying through. And the best way to do that is give specific examples and tell stories and talk about real people in your world that are in those situations that you know, everyone knows what the common objections are that come up over and over and over again. You have to establish belief by them hearing about stories and examples and real people that were in that same situation. They had that same barrier to success that they had that same struggle and yet they were still able to get the results, you know, with your method. And I think the third thing is, is, you know, especially today, uh, people are so busy and they have so much going on in their lives that 
they need to believe that your system or your method or whatever it is that you're teaching can fit into their life like it can drop in like you have 20 years of experience and expertise doing whatever you do you have all this knowledge you have all this presence you have all this confidence and they're sitting there looking at you and saying yeah this is easy for you to do because you're you but Mm -hmm. i'm me and i don't have all that experience and i don't have all that time and i don't have all that knowledge and i don't have all that experience so how is this going to work for me and that's where you have to show people that what you're teaching is a simple system it's a method and they don't need all 20 years of experience that you have in order to take your method you already did all that for them all they have to do is come learn this simple method and drop it into their busy lives and if they follow instruction and if they apply themselves and if they're willing to do the work they can get a result i mean we could talk about this all day but those are three of the things when we talk about like belief shifting and the emotional element of it why you can't just dump information on people because you can dump information on people all day long but if they're sitting there and that information is just going in one ear and out the other because they don't believe that it's possible for them or they don't believe that the thing that you're teaching is going to fit into their life or their capability set it doesn't matter how much information that you give or how many success stories you tell you have to establish belief first right Mm -hmm. yeah so good and that's definitely something i resonate with like with you know in my industry women often have been running the same like i teach women you know how to manage money and build wealth and they've been running the same money pattern for literally like three decades and most of them will say that to me and so it's like i think that's that's definitely one of the biggest um kind of barriers or things that you know working people around it's like i can see the possibility for them because i know how many clients have come through and been successful um, but yeah, getting them to a place of like, this is possible for them is, is definitely like nuance for sure. Yeah. One of the things I'll just say on that really quickly that I started doing in the past year that I never did before in my launches is I now always include like visualization, some sort of short like meditation or um, some type of exercise um, with like guided music and actually having them workshop something like that. Because to your point, again, they have to work themselves through being able to detach from the past and be able to connect to the future. And, you know, obviously like brain science and, you know, it's a whole nother conversation, but, you know, creating new neural pathways and and opening up your connection to the future. Sometimes you have to kind of get people out of their like logic and their, their stagnation in like what, like you just said, like they've been struggling with the same money patterns for 20 years. Like you have to get them visualizing what it can look like on the other side of breaking these patterns and what the future will look like when they do get over that side and that attachment has to move from the past to the future. Mm, totally. I'm curious. So you've obviously been, you know, perfecting or not iterating um, the live launch model for a yeah. number of years. I think you've said since 2012. Well, we started, I started teaching the live launch method in 2018. I started my company in 2012, um, did a lot of other launch methods that didn't go well. Um, <laughs> but in 2018, I, I started the live launch method. Yeah. And I'm curious, just bef- I, I have a question for you, but before I ask that, I'm curious, how long did it take you to perfect that model? I think one of the, the big things that I see a lot in, in the industry is people trying things like once or twice and feeling like it just didn't work the way they wanted and kind of changing directions. And I, I think that 
it takes some time to actually generate results, like, or get the results yeah. you, you want. I'm curious how long that took you to master before yeah. you started teaching. Oh it. my gosh. Well, you're talking my language. So, I mean, so here's the thing. This is what I always teach people. You know, first of all, mastery takes 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the vast majority of things that people want to have success with, almost no one has actually put in the time to develop mastery. Mm-hmm. And to your point, to your point, especially in the business world, what we see is that, you know, people are constantly hopping from strategy to strategy, tactic to tactic. They're always a novice. They're never a master. And so they're always starting over. They're always frustrated. They're draining their bank accounts because they're constantly like, oh, let me go sign up with this new thing and let me go do that new thing. And, you know, they're just hopping and hopping. So one of the most important things that I teach in the live launch model, and anyone here can apply this to any era of their business business, whether you launch or not, doesn't matter. It, it's just the thinking behind it is we teach something called launch cycling. And we teach launch cycling for that exact reason that you're saying, because one of the biggest things that I discovered when I was a new entrepreneur trying to learn launching is that the way that launching was being taught is you might launch a product one time a year, you might launch a product two times a year. And unfortunately, if you if you have a little reality check with yourself, anything that you do once a year, you're not going to do very well. Mm-hmm. You're just not. You, you're just not. Like, who in the world can you imagine um, someone that is a pro athlete or someone that is um, one of the best artists in the world or someone that is one of the best musicians or dancers or any, any, like one of the, the best surgeons in the world? No one can be stellar at their craft if they are not practicing the execution of that craft continuously. So the reason why we teach launch cycling, there's a lot of reasons why we teach it, but the number one reason is the exact answer to your question. You cannot get good at launching if you don't practice. So we teach people to design one launch and deliver it over and over and over and over again. That's what we did. That's how I scaled from seven to eight figures. I have tremendous amounts of client success stories and clients that are building multiple seven, multiple eight figure businesses on the same launch that they've been delivering every six to eight weeks for years now. Um, And that's a big reason why you also can't build market leadership. You can't you can't claim category leadership in the market if you're constantly changing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand how much they break the trust of their own audience when one day they're talking about this and the next day they're talking about something else. And people are like, what does this person even do? Like you can't take someone like that seriously, right? And and we don't realize what we're doing when we're doing that is we just worked so hard to establish trust with our market and with our audience. And then we just broke it because we're like changing what we're doing all the time. So I think launch cycling is the most important element of scaling with launching, number one. And number two, I would say just in business in general, like let's put launching completely aside for a second. Anything that you want to get really good results from and anything that you want to do really, really well with, um, you know, you, you have to run the reps right? You have to run the reps and consistency and frequency always outperform every other metric. And it's really important to understand that I learned that in corporate and it's something that I use. I have six companies now, something that I use with my staff and all six of my companies. Consistency and frequency always outperforms 
every other category. So it doesn't matter whether you're the smartest. It doesn't matter whether you're the most talented. It doesn't matter whether mommy and daddy gave you a trust fund. It doesn't matter if you have the biggest investors, right? Look how many of the people. It's amazing what's happening in the market right now. So many of these VC backed companies, they're just going bust. They're dying. They are closing down. They are laying people off. They're shutting down because someone can give you the money to grow your business. But if you aren't running the reps, if you aren't learning the lessons, if you aren't doing the work, it does not matter how much money mom or dad or friends and family or a VC fund gives you, that business is not going to succeed. And, you know, so I think it's just common sense is not so common, which is why I like having these conversations, because also I think it makes people not feel crazy because everybody sees the online space and they think, oh, I should be doing one launch and I should be having a seven figure launch. And there's something wrong with me if that's not what's happening for me. And it's like, no, I've been perfecting the live launch. I just delivered the live launch evolution this past week. We, you know, we just finished that. And that was a complete like update to the whole method we refine the live launch method every time we do it. It's continuous improvement for forever, right? So I think it's just important to like pick your priorities, pick your power levers. What are the things that you're gonna focus on? What are the things that you're gonna stick to and focus on continuous improvement and iteration so that you can scale whatever it is, whether it's you wanna lift more weight, you wanna, you know, run a longer distance, you wanna, you know, build, you know, your, your wealth, you know, with you, like whatever it is, I think just, pick your power levers, stick to them, focus on your consistency and frequency. And it's not about like hitting a, a home run every single day. It's about getting base hits continuously and letting that compounding effect really outperform everything else that you could possibly do. Mm, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I think that's such like, such a powerful message. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, you had mentioned, and you know, I think you've talked about this quite a bit on your podcast too, how the market has shifted, you know, last year, right? Like sales cycles have become yeah. longer. People yeah. are a little bit more discerning with their, you know, their money. Yeah. I'm curious if you could kind of speak into that a little bit, like, you know, what you saw most businesses experience last year. Like, you know, definitely I've, I've seen a lot of businesses, you know, close shop and think, you know, people oh, yeah. just really can't, you know, can't take it. And also maybe speaking into like, it, it has that played a factor in your evolution of the launch method, um, or the live launch method or, you know, just speaking to it in general. Cause I think that this yeah. is a conversation a lot of entrepreneurs need to hear more of because it's like they make they make it a problem that things have gotten a little bit tighter, that things are a little bit yeah. harder, they have to change their strategy or, you know, yeah. and it's like, no, this is just a reflection of, you know, sometimes things shift. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been talking publicly about this for about a year and a half now. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, several of my companies had record growth years last year. And I've had a lot of people that have come to me and said, the reason why I'm buying from you is I trust you because you've been so open and honest and direct about this is what's happening in the market. These are the shifts and changes. You're not crazy. Yes, it's actually harder. And that's also par for the course, right? Um, we had a falsely inflated economy. We had a, a ton of cash infused into the market. Uh, the economy has been contracting for over 13 months. Um, if you look at the statistics, a record number of small businesses closed in 2023. And in the start of 2024, um, almost every major Fortune 500 company has already laid off this year. Mm. And um, so, so you're not crazy. <laughs> um, it is harder. And um, but what I will say, being in the business world for over 20 years now is that the market of today is not harder than it was 
you know, when I started, it, it's, it's not, it's just, we got a little cozy, comfy, um, you know, with, with the cash injections and things like that. So the best way to think about it is this is more of a normal climate, right? So this climate is hard. Business is hard. Worthwhile things in life are hard. It doesn't mean it is, um, it doesn't need to be like stressful or painful or negative. Um, like when I go to the gym, like I woke up this morning and the first thing that I did is I went to the gym and I worked with my trainer and it was hard and yeah. it felt amazing. And I felt so accomplished afterwards. And I was very happy to be there. Something can simultaneously be hard work and be joyful and rewarding and happy and be what's making you successful. And I feel like this is such such a horrible message in our culture and in our society that like something being hard work like there's something wrong with you if you're working hard or it shouldn't be hard if you think it's hard like you're not doing it right that's why you need to buy my program like no worthwhile things are hard work and hard work is a beautiful thing it doesn't need to be negative right so to answer your question you know yes like basically i just delivered nine hours of content over the past week and a half which i'm happy to share a link for plays or whatever in the you know show notes i just delivered nine hours of teaching on what has shifted what the new problems are what you need to change about your go-to-market strategy what has shifted about the way that you need to change your launches as it relates to the market we spent over a million dollars testing across my six companies to really figure out okay clearly everything has changed and we need to make some changes to the way that we're doing but someone has to go first someone has to go test stuff right yeah. luckily for me we were in a position that like we have been launching for many years and we had the funds to be able to do things that a lot of other small businesses couldn't do we could go out and test things we could do things in different business models and price points and you know markets and stuff to figure that out but i would say um to your question you know i would really invite everyone to claim a leadership position in your market by talking openly about what's going on and sharing both problem and solution because i think there is so much credibility that you will build by being honest and transparent with people and it's a breath of fresh air right and being honest and acknowledging problems doesn't mean being negative it means you're aware it means that you're focused on innovation which means you find solutions to those problems and it's going to give people the confidence to invest in you which is why people invest with me because they they know that i'm not sitting here complaining about the problems i'm like hey these are the problems these are the things that we're testing these are what our recommendations are in order to solve them. These are the results that we get from, you know, shifting and adjusting these things. And I think that's a, a major area of opportunity, let's call it, um, in the online space for new leaders to emerge. Yeah, I love that. You're speaking my language. Like, I think there's a big difference between like hard work and and hustle, right? Like, the, yeah. you know, I know you talk about creating a lot of space for family and prioritizing exactly. relationships. And it's like, hard work or, you know, solving complex problems. Like I think at times like this, the answer to the problem isn't obvious. And I think a lot of people sort of give up in trying to solve the problem. And yes. the way I love to approach, you know, solving these things in business, it's like, it's really fun. Of course, it's not easy. Yeah. And of course, sometimes you are frustrated and, you know, it's, you, you know, you wish it were easier, right. At times, but yeah. there is a lot of satisfaction so much growth. Like if you can be so much entrepreneur that solves hard problems, like you will excel in any market. And I think that's something a lot of people miss. 
Um, what are some, like maybe a couple specific things? I love that um, we'll drop the the link to the training that you just ran. Yeah. But what are a couple specific things, like maybe one or two that people can be doing at a time like this to really continue closing high ticket sales, you know, really nurturing their clients through that, you know, that buying journey process? Yeah. Well, I mean, the number one thing that I'm coaching my teams and my clients on right now is understanding that 2024 is a year that's about relationship management. And, you know, at the same time where, you know, a lot of people are really, really focused on AI, they're really, really focused on automation and digitizing everything and, you know, all of that, you know, if you especially want to sell high ticket, people are buying now with more weight on who they're buying from and the the why behind their what than they were a couple years ago where they were primarily just buying the what. So uh, like, I'll give an example. So, you know, a couple years ago when I was teaching live launch and I was, you know, selling in launches, people were primarily coming to me specifically for the live launch method. Like they just wanted the method. They were like, just give me the tool, give me the, the thing to implement, I'm going to go do it. And it worked and people made millions of dollars and it was great. People are not buying that way now. People are buying the fact that number one, I've been successful in the space for 11 years now. I have been wildly consistent. They understand that I have never been off message. I have never like went and done some random crazy, you know, I'm burning it all down and blah, blah, blah. This like crazy behavior that we see online all the time. They're buying what they see me modeling, which is I'm putting my family first. I'm focusing on my health and wellness. I'm getting to the gym. I'm challenging myself. I'm exercising. I'm praying. I'm constantly sharing about my faith life and the other things that matter to me. I'm prioritizing my relationship with my husband and with my daughter. They're buying the values behind the live launch just as much as they're buying the live launch because people have learned the hard way to your point earlier about hustle people have learned the hard way about the burnout and about the psychological problems and about the mental physical problems that they've suffered the last couple of years because they were pursuing success at all costs which never works out and you know they're they're looking for something that allows them to accomplish an outcome in their life without compromising the things that actually matter in life does that make sense yeah totally so that's my advice to everyone is buyer psychology has completely changed because of what they've experienced the last couple of years a lot of people have experienced loss a lot of people have experienced depression anxiety some type of trauma in their family going through the pandemic was so heavy and it was so much for people so their context and their lens through which they're seeing the world is different now and they've also learned the hard way about the hustle culture and again i think to your point earlier like to me hustle is like you're like a little hamster on a on a wheel and like you can't get off and it's just doing 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 Whereas hard work is like being strategic and thinking, like I always say the CEO job is a thinking job. It's not necessarily a doing job. And a lot of people never cross that bridge and it's why they get burnout, right? So I would really invite everyone to understand that it is about building relationship with your market. It is about not just the what that you teach, but the why behind 
what you teach, which is why it's also important to know what you stand for and know what your values are and share what you feel comfortable sharing online. I'm a very private person. I don't like to share a lot of like super personal stuff. I'm not like, I don't hang out in my stories every day and do all that stuff. I'm just, it's just not my personality. Other people do that exceptionally well and they like kill it. And I'm like, like I'm clapping for you because I don't have that in me. But other people do it and they do it so well. And I'm like, I wish I could be that, but I'm just not right. I'm super private. I'm like an introvert. I love to teach, but then I want to go home and like read a book. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so everybody's different. But I would say um, for me, I never, I never talked publicly about my faith. I didn't talk publicly about my marriage. I didn't share a lot about family life. I didn't share a lot about my health and wellness and all these other things. And I just realized like, it's so important now because people are buying leading more with their values, not just the outcome of what they want in your program. And I think if you understand that and you focus on the true connection with the people that you want to work with uh, and building relationships and also creating more hooks for them to grasp onto in your brand than just the what that you teach, I think you can kill it in this market. Like I like I, I think a lot of people will go out of business in this market. And I think a lot of people are going to have their best year they've ever had in 2024. I think there's a massive, massive invitation and massive opportunity for leadership in 2024. Mm, so good. I'm curious. Yeah. So what one thing I saw a lot last year was a lot of people sort of changing their offers or launching low, low ticket things or, mm-hmm. you know, discounting a lot of products. I'm curious, I think in, in a lot of ways that's trying to address the it's harder to sell problem. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how you think about that, like yeah. launching low ticket stuff or offering discounts. Like what, how do you, yeah. how do you think about that when it comes to business growth? Like, yeah, so I think there's or? yeah, I think there's two different angles to that. I, I definitely don't recommend discounting, especially if you do like a service based product. Like I'll give the example of like, one of my companies, my first company, the business advisory, which is a consulting, it's a high touch coaching consulting company where we scale businesses. Every person, even in all of our group programs gets one-to-one coaching. And so I spend like $3 million a year on the staff. Cause I have a high level set of skilled strategists, you know, that support every client. Like if I were to discount our pricing, that would like turn the whole company upside down and we would not be able to deliver on our promise of white glove service and exceptional delivery and all of those things. So I definitely don't think discounting is a good solution in this market. However, however, I have talked a lot about and I started teaching about this about a year and a half ago when I saw the market contracting the way that it was, you know, when when people have less disposable income and when people are being a lot more discerning with buying decisions, having a mid tier ticket that people can use as a way to get a taste of your brand to really experience the magic of what you're about and kind of understand what it means to be in your world is an amazing tool for actually fueling your high ticket. And we actually saw that our mid ticket last year accounted for almost 30% of our high ticket sales came from our mid ticket product. And so when I say mid ticket, like our baseline product in the business advisory is $30,000. our our mid ticket is $5,000. So mm-hmm. we saw so many really high level people that they wanted to just get like a taste. They needed that little bit of like, let me see what you guys are all about. Are you guys the real deal? Like, let me experience what this is. And they experience that and boom, they self-select on their own and then they move up. So 
I think business model is really, really important. I think if you want to do high ticket, you need to do it right. Because if you want to charge 30,000, you better have people getting value that they think is over 100,000 because otherwise your reputation is going to be destroyed, right? So I don't think discounting is good. I do think an inner relationship between your products is really, really smart. And I think the big mistake that people make with that is a lot of times their low ticket or their mid ticket is selling to the people that can't afford their high ticket. Mm. And it just, it creates a disaster, low retention. People don't take action. You don't get the testimonials. Um, There's always declines and defaults. It's just, there's so many problems with it. And so we teach an opposite model, which is that your mid ticket or your low ticket is actually geared towards your ideal high ticket customer. Mm -hmm. And you're using that as that springboard and that little like taste of validation for them, which then naturally leads them into that. And that has been phenomenal for us. We actually do that in three of my different companies. And that's where we've been getting a lot of our high ticket sales from. So good. How can you, like, can you share an example of how you would know when you're, if you think about, you know, selling a high ticket offer, how you would know if you've created a mid ticket offer, you know, a lower level offer that is attracting someone that can't afford your high ticket versus it's actually geared toward the people that can, and you know, it's aligned. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing with that, right, is like, here's what happens. So because obviously I coach people on this all day, every day. So people are like, I want to work with people that are, you know, at this level, making this amount of money and blah, blah, blah. So they start putting out that messaging and they get no response because they haven't built an audience for that market yet. And most of the people that they have are not at that level yet. And so they don't get any response. So they immediately revert back to creating content that speaks to that low level person. Mm-hmm. So low level problem attracts low level person. So the most important thing is like your content, your opt-in offers, your launch topics, all of those things, they have to focus on solving the problem that's at the level of the person that you want, not the level of the person that you already have. And what happens is most people get that psychologically and then they immediately get scared and overwhelmed because they start doing it. And then they're not getting the response that they want. And it's like, you have to build a new audience. You have to build an audience of people at that level that you want. You have to be patient. It comes back to being a business athlete, running the reps, consistency and frequency. You have to be consistently sharing methodology and content and strategy and opt-ins and launch topics that are relevant to the person that you want. And then ultimately, when you think about it, it's it's the same person that you're selling to for both products, but maybe it's solving different problems, right? So one might be solving more of a uh, precursor problem or a mindset problem. And the other might be, you know, moving them right into, you know, their method, right? So you said you work with uh, women on breaking patterns around finance, right? So maybe you have a $50,000 product um, for women that are really ready to like do this deep dive, like, you know, new financial life and new financial plan and blah, blah, blah. But maybe the precursor to that is a low ticket or a mid ticket where you know, they're coming in and it's like, you know, successful, high achieving women that have achieved six promotions at work yet have never been able to move the needle on their bank account. And they want to do a subconscious reprogramming to break that pattern. So you're not saying like, oh, you're broke and you're struggling and you can barely make ends meet. This is what normally people do with their low ticket. They're literally speaking to the exact person they don't want. Instead Mm -hmm. of saying, you're a wildly successful woman. You've constantly been given leadership roles at work. You've been promoted three times and yet 
your bank account still reflects the same amount that it did three years ago. You're going to come in, you're going to do a psychological reprogramming, you're going to break that pattern. That's the first thing we're going to do. And then you're going to move into this whole thing. Yes. So good. I love that. And that's a, that's a great example. Very, very applicable to, to my business. I'm curious what you're, so you mentioned before, you know, 2000 heading into 2024 and there's, you know, there are obviously even in times of, you know, contraction, there are always opportunities. I'm curious specifically, are there things you think are going to be easier in 2024 because of what's happening in the market or even, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be way easier to stand out. Um, it already is. It already is because so many people are playing scared. So many people are playing injured. So many people are pulling back. So many people are so short term in their thinking that they don't have the patience. I think that playing a long game, like if you're going into the year and you're like, okay, I need to elevate my avatar. I need to charge a higher rate. I need to attract better people for my low ticket so that I get more on my high ticket. If you are willing to set a plan for the year, and not change it because you have a bad launch or change it because you get scared or change it because you know, you're know you not getting the results as quickly as you want, you're gonna crush it. Like it already is easier if you're playing a long game. Where you're going to struggle in 2024 is if you're playing a short game. And I tell my clients this all the time. If you're the person that is obsessing over instant gratification and you're in a constant frantic panic, like you're done because this isn't a market this isn't this isn't 2021 where people are just like, take my money, take my money. I'm getting stimulus from the government and my job's paying me even though I'm not working and blah, 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 blah. Like that's not where we're at. So I, I think it will be easier to stand out in 2024. I think it will be easier to establish market leadership in 2024. And I think it will be easier uh, to have successful launches, especially in the mid and back half of the year, because I think a lot of people are going to get out of the game, honestly. Mm. What other predictions do you have for the year? Well, I just think, I think it's going to be crazy. <laughs> I, I think people need to be, I think people need to be ready um, for the fact that, you know, there's going to be some disruption. And I think what we need to remember is that history tells us um, that the greatest wealth transfers always happen, um, you know, during periods of chaos. And so um, that's your invitation to like be an innovator, like look beyond what's right in front of you to what's coming down the road and um, claim your position, you know, like dig your feet in and claim your position. I think there's, I think there's going to be some opportunities. I think it's going to get a little wild for a minute, but I think there's going to be some opportunities. You know, it's funny as you say that when, when you said like, it's going to be crazy. The first thing my mind goes to is like, that'll be fun. You know, like it's like, it creates like when things are in flux, like opportunities, so many opportunities. A thousand percent. And I mean, I think the thing that people forget, and again, this is like, I really, I don't consume very much content online at all, but I read like a book a week and I love reading books because it allows you to consume timeless wisdom, not like tactical strategies of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it allows you to better understand like trends and cycles over history versus like the micro, right. It's giving you, it's giving you that macro view. And, you know, I, I think that when we look at, you know, what's been going on and what is going to go on, good seasons always come from a hard season. That's what people forget. 
the hard season is the winner and and it's like you're doing the hard work you're you're planting all the seeds you're you're doing all the preparation you're doing the pruning you're 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 toiling but you're not yet seeing the fruit of your labor and during winter that winter is the most important thing that happens before the sun rises and the spring comes and everything blossoms and you know now you get to harvest and i think we forget that it's like everybody wants it to be summer all the time we forget that the the thing that makes for like a really great spring and a really amazing summer and then a beautiful harvest in the fall is the changing of the season so it always gets dark before it gets light and i think people forget that sometimes you know yeah do you think 2024 is still going to be a winter i do but i mean what i'll say is like we have so many clients that are, are, I I just had like seven clients come on our launch this past week that like, they just had the best launch of their life. Like they're, they're having the highest Q1 of, these are people that have been in business 15 and 20 years so and they're good. making the most money that they've ever made. So when I'm saying all of this, like there's, there's two realms. There's the realm of understanding the reality of what, what, is happening in the grand scheme of the world and making adjustments to your strategy. And then there's living above the line and taking responsibility for your own life and your own circumstances. You can win in any environment. People mm -hmm. are winning all the time. Yeah. When you're having your worst day, someone's always having their best day. And that should get you so fired up and so excited because like wherever you are, you can make a change and you can decide that you're going to shift your mindset and that you're going to try again and that yeah. you're going to make sure that the next time was better than the last time. And that's the awesome thing. Every day is a new opportunity. And that that's what we have ahead of us, you know? So I do think 2024 will be a winter, but by saying 2024 will be a winter, do I think there won't be a lot of people that have their best year ever? No, absolutely. The people that have a long range mindset are going to crush it this year. So I know. And I love that you've shared those examples. Like you're, you said some of your companies had exceptional growth last year and your clients. And I definitely saw that there were many of my clients that had the best year they've ever yeah. had in business last year. And so it's so important for people to really ground into that is like, it, that is very possible if you're doing things in the right way. Yeah. I'm curious to take us back to your books. What are you reading right now? Give us three of them. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm reading a lot of faith books right now. Okay. Fields of gold I'm reading right now. I just read like five books in a row since the beginning of the year, but I'm reading a lot of faith books right now. I'm doing, um, I'm doing a Bible study called discerning the word of God. I I usually read like very like either business or psychology or personal growth books, but I'm giving myself a season that. of faith right now, um, which has been really, really awesome. It's definitely opened up a lot for me um, and it's helped me to really recognize areas that I can grow as a leader. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really, really cool. What are some of the, maybe some of your top picks on the business psychology or personal growth side? Well, you know what? I just started reading Think and Grow Rich for like the 15th time. And I just started doing a book study with my nine-year-old daughter on that book. I think it's the greatest book on personal responsibility that's ever been written. Um, my my team always jokes with me because I read so many books and they're like, why Think and Grow Rich? Like there's so many other books. I, I think it is a handbook on taking responsibility for your life. Because when I read that book, it was the first time that I really understood how much we have power over our own thinking and that our own thinking is what drives 
what happens in our life. Like literally it could be simplified down to that. And so I'm sure there's no one here that isn't familiar with that book, but I think picking it back up again, no matter what stage of life you're in and going back through it again, you will always pull a thread for you where it's like, where is your invitation to take greater responsibility in your life for your own outcomes and to make sure you're managing your own thinking and that your own thinking is actually aligning with the future that you want not the past that you're ready to move forward from and so that's why i reread it all the time it's why i started it with my nine-year-old daughter Mm, it's so good i'm curious you know one of the i think biggest things around entrepreneurship or your ability to lead and, and really be a ceo is being able to whatever the climate is being able to really handle a lot of uncertainty right like you have to you know i think one of your posts actually said like you have to be a little bit delusional yeah. to, to be an oh. entrepreneur. You have to believe in something that literally doesn't exist in order to create it. And sometimes that's, you know, hard, right? And I think that follows us to every level because there's always a new iteration of that. So how do you, what are some of the things you do personally to help you really stabilize yourself in times of yeah. like great uncertainty? Well, that's just it, right? I mean, so that that's why for me, I'm spending the first quarter focused on expanding my faith because expanding your faith is the ability to uh, believe in something that's not visible, that there's no proof of, right? It's it's there's so many levels. Like there's the the connection to God and your Creator and and all of those parts of your faith, and then there's also the the ability to extend the ability to operate in a space of there is no proof there is no tangible evidence you know you are literally um operating based on a vision for the future not tangible evidence that exists today and i think when you expand your capacity to operate in that space um you can create something and here's what i say to people all the time right this is why i say visionaries have to be delusional because you have to be operating in your imagination how can you create something in your life that you've never had, that you've never experienced, that you've never done before, unless you learn to use your imagination. And I think we use our imagination when we're small children, and then we start going through school and it's like squashed out of us. And it's like, operate in reality and do math and memorize facts and like blah, blah, blah. And we forget like our imagination is our greatest tool for creation, right? It's a gift that we were given. So um, I think that the ability to operate in uncertainty to your to your point and to your question is absolutely crucial because you're not going to get far in this market if you can't imagine you know, different circumstances. And it doesn't matter whether it's a good market or a bad market. It's it's just, you have to have vision. And, you know, there, I love the Bible verse that says, you know, without vision, the people will perish. Because as a leader and as a CEO, when you think about your team and you think about your clients and helping them to get results, your number one job is to cast vision. Your number one responsibility is to give them certainty in something that is otherwise completely uncertain and that comes from your conviction that comes from your belief that comes from you having clarity around where you're taking the organization even if there's no proof that that exists today and the only way that you move people from uncertain to certain is you instilling that belief and that that vision in them over and over and over again and then that confidence becomes contagious where when you're showing up with that level of confidence and energy and conviction every day people are like all right, well, if she believes it that much, I guess I guess I believe it too. Like, let's go, right? And that that's the challenge that we all have as CEOs with our clients, with our markets, with our teams is, you know, 
we have to get ourselves there first, right? Self-leadership is the first step. Most people want to, they want to lead the market. They want to have a million followers. They want to have a big team. They want to have hundreds of clients, but it's like, you got to lead yourself. You got to get yourself to be able to operate in vision first. And then once you get yourself there, it's, it's very easy and it's very fun to get mm-hmm. other people to be a part of that. I love it. I love it. I'm curious if you, you mentioned just one, one more question before we wrap, you know, that you've shared a lot vulnerably about, you know, how maybe how hard the year has been, or, you know, different things that have happened. I'm curious if there's a specific moment over the last say year that you haven't really talked about publicly or something that you haven't shared openly that like really is a reflection of what it's taken to get to the level that you have. Oh gosh. Behind the scenes. I mean, I would just say like, it's everything like it's it's everything that every person here has gone through from you know times where you're like are we going to make it this month right to you know oh my god is this launch going to completely bomb like every single thing i mean there have been times where i've gone to bed at night like please god have mercy on us we're doing the work (laughs) we're 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 you know we're doing the work like I, i think what's so crazy is i think that when you're in it you know you take punches every day it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how great I, I consider myself to be a great business leader. I know that I'm a great business leader. I've I've built great companies. I've scaled great companies. And I go through all the same things that every single person here does. Like where moments where you're like, oh my God, are we gonna like go out of business? Like, is this gonna is this gonna work? Is this is this gonna last? Like what's gonna happen? Am I gonna have to let my employees go? I mean, I've had those moments. I've had those moments. We've all had those moments, but it's how you show up as a leader in those moments because you can be there on Tuesday and by Friday, you're like, we did it. Yeah. Like, we're cool. We're good. You know, and and that, but that's the thing is like in that moment of uncertainty and in that moment of pain and struggle and frustration that you're not alone and there's, there's nothing wrong with you if you're going through that. I just want to share that with everyone. Like every single CEO goes through that. Every single one. There's not a single successful business leader that does not have those oh shit moments probably once a day. Okay. And I think in the online space, it's really easy to feel like you're not doing it right. You don't know what you're doing. There's something wrong with you. You clearly, you just didn't buy my program. That's why you're failing, right? No, like this is, this is par for the course as a business leader, but I would just say, um, we all go through it. And the most important thing is to understand in that moment, how you show up as a leader is going to determine and I, and I know this, and this is, this is my own awareness, and this is why faith is such a focus for me right now. My faith and my belief that we're doing the right things for the right reason and the way that I show up as leader in that moment, that's what either de- determines whether in that moment you go like this down or you shoot like this up. And you have to first get yourself there. You have to first do that work on yourself. And then you have to show up and you have to be convicted in the truest sense with the people that you're leading. And then that's how you're going to make that amazing, you know, next big leap because innovation doesn't happen when things are going well, typically. Mm -hmm. And innovation is the most important element of a business that sustains over time. So I want everybody to think about that for a second. Innovation doesn't happen when things are going well. And innovation is the most important element of a business that succeeds over time. So how you respond in that moment, it's like, it's, it's everything it's make or break, right? It's going to determine either the company is going to spiral down or it's going to catapult up. And it's an invitation for you to grow as a leader. 
Yeah. I love that. It's really like what you make it mean in that moment. So good. Thank you for sharing everything that you did. You're, you've, I know everyone has gotten so much out of this. So, so juicy. Can you, is there anything last you want to share with the listeners and also to tell everyone how they can work with you and the types of entrepreneurs that you really love to work with? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, um, couple things. If you want to learn more like about what I teach and all of these things, you can come listen to the Kelly Roach show. We're about to celebrate our thousandth episode. I pour my heart and soul into that show. She's got so, so many good things. You guys have got to check out that. The, Thank the you. Yeah. yeah. So if you just want to like come learn with me for free and, you know, see what my world is all about and get great strategy and mindset and all of those things, come listen to the show. Um, as far as who I work with, I work with service-based entrepreneurs. So, so people that lead others through a product program or service that creates a transformation in in some area of their lives and people that want to build systems and team to actually have um, an asset, right? They don't want to necessarily be the business where they're doing everything and they're being everything and they're hustling and hustling on the hamster wheel. We actually move people from being a super employee in their business to a CEO. So mm-hmm. yes, it's about launching and scaling and you know client acquisition, all of that, but it's really about building winning systems and a winning team so that one day you have an asset that can sell and uh, make generational wealth for your family and create change and have lots of fun and just enjoy what you're running and building and love your life. Oh, good. Thank you. Really, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you to everybody tuning in. And remember, you were born for wealth. Thank you to everyone tuning in. It is always a vibe to be with you here every week. If you're digging the pod and you want to go deeper on mastering your money and growing your wealth, I invite you to book in a free wealth audit with me. You can find the link for that in the show notes. We'll spend some time diving into where you're at with money, where you want to be, and I'll give you a full breakdown of exactly how to get there. Give yourself the gift of doing that now. You can have more ease and clarity with money now. And let's be honest, you deserve it. I love you. And remember, you were born for wealth.